Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for April 3rd, 2018. On today's show, we're going to discuss the latest film news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serrata, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writers Chris Evangelista. Hello. And Y. Tran Bowie. Hey, everyone. Okay, guys, uh, let's just get into it, because we, we got a bunch of news. We, we didn't have news yesterday, because we had a extended uh, water cooler segment and uh, the, the feature presentation. Um, but to, to, So we're covering two days' worth of news, but it is, you know, following Easter, so news was kind of slower. Um, so l- let's start off with news today, that Fox Searchlight has signed a deal with Guillermo del Toro to, uh, to, to do what, Chris? Yeah, so uh, Fox Searchlight is very happy with Guillermo del Toro after he uh, took home a bunch of Oscars for The Shape of Water. And they've signed a deal with him that enables him to just write, direct, and produce pretty much any sort of horror, sci-fi, fantasy film he wants with them. Um, And they're also developing a whole new label that is entirely devoted to horror and sci-fi. And that's going to include del Toro's films and other films as well. So uh, this is great, especially if you're a Del Toro fan, because uh, anyone who's followed his career knows that uh, Guillermo Del Toro has had some trouble over the years getting certain projects off the ground. Uh, He's got a a laundry list of unmade films. And now that he's, you know, he's taken home those Oscars, it seems like he finally has the clout that he's always deserved. So now he's pretty much getting free range to do what he wants. So this is, this is very exciting. What, what do you think this is going to be called? It's going to be called a uh, Fox dark light. It does seem interesting. You know, if, if Fox searchlight seems like the type of company that if Guillermo del Toro could make a movie for a certain price, you know, they're ready to green light it. Uh, but th- you know, that doesn't include like these mega budget projects, like, you know, mountains of madness, which you know costs like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but y- in this news, there is news of the first project that he's producing for Fox searchlight. Uh, yeah, it's a film called antlers. It's being directed by Scott Cooper, who directed hostiles and black mass 
Uh, and it's being written by uh, Nick Antkoska, who is the guy who created Channel Zero, which is a really good uh, horror show on the Sci-Fi Channel, or I guess it's just called Sci-Fi now. Um, a lot of people don't watch it. It doesn't have as much buzz as, say, American Horror Story, but I highly recommend that show if you've never checked it out. It's really good. Well, I, I am happy to see Guillermo del Toro with another home and another partnership, which means that we won't have to wait uh, many years to see another Guillermo del Toro film. Um, but let's move on from that. Uh, Ready Player One uh, did some big business at the box office this weekend. And in the wake of that, they have announced a writer for Ernest Klein's next book, Armada, HD, you're up this up for the site. What do we know? So Ernest Klein's follow-up novel to Ready Player One, Armada, is being developed into a movie. And Universal Studios has tapped Wrath of the Titans writer Dan Mazow to pen the script for the Armada movie. So Ernest Klein actually wrote an early draft of the script for Armada, but and he will remain in collaboration with Mazow uh, as he pens another draft. Um, so what what is this book about? So Armada is a 2015 novel that follows a teenager playing who's uh, very who's an expert in an online video game uh, that about fighting an alien invasion. But he discovers that this video game was actually a recruitment tool for an international galactic army who has been using it to train him and others to fend off a real alien invasion. So it's basically a riff off of The Last Starfighter and other sort of video game turned into real sci-fi uh, battles like Ender's Game, for example. So it's um, it's also a, a book that's filled to the brim with Easter eggs and references to 80s and 90s pop culture. And it didn't quite meet the soaring success of um, Ready Player One uh, that Klein met with his uh, literary debut. And um, it kind of had actually a, a few poor reviews when it came out in 2015. Although a couple people did say that it is um, it would work well as a movie more than it works as a book. Yeah. Uh, have either of you read this book? I haven't read it. Um, no. <laughs> that is a strong no from Chris. Um, it does not sound like his cup of tea. I, I've not read it either, but I have a bunch of friends who have, and they say it's not a good book. But yeah, like you said, it, it definitely uh, almost seems like it was written to be a movie. Um, like that, this book, the whole purpose <laughs> of this book was to sell it and adapt it into a movie. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what it's like because I, I, I am a fan of Last Starfighter. Um, although I'm not sure if we need another movie full of, you know, references to, you know, pop culture of 1980s. Chris, do we need it? Uh, it's not that we don't need it. It's just that. All right. No, we don't need it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as expected. Okay, let's move on. Um, the uh, We have a couple stories here about uh, an alternate universe where things might have been completely different. Uh, let's start this off with uh, Avengers, because apparently Avengers, uh, the original screenplay for Avengers, was going to really downplay Thor's role. Chris, you're at the sub for the site. What do we know? Uh, yes, yeah, so Zach Penn, who also wrote the, the screenplay for Ready Player One, he wrote an early draft of The Avengers before Joss Whedon came in and basically rewrote his script. And in a very early draft, Zach Penn was saying he wasn't he uh, he and Marvel basically weren't really convinced that Thor was going to work as a character. 
and uh, Thor's role in the original v- Avengers script was being uh, underwritten. They were basically trying to give him as l- l- you know the least amount of screen time as possible. Uh, that all changed when Chris Hemsworth came in and auditioned to play Thor, and everyone was just so impressed with his audition that they realized that maybe Thor really can work on the big screen. So uh, that you know, when Joss Whedon took over, you know, it was rewritten so that uh, Thor would have a, a more substantial part in Avengers and the MCU in general. It's interesting that even Marvel was worried about that character on the big screen, and uh, probably rightfully so because it took them three movies to get a Thor movie right. <laughs> right um so hey i i will defend the first thor movie i actually quite like that film and i think it only really suffers in the last third as many marvel movies do it's a really great sort of shakespearean fun galactic movie and i will defend it yeah no i i do enjoy the fish out of waterness of uh of the first uh two acts of that film um but you know we should talk about the other thing, the other uh, story from an alternate timeline, and that is that Jurassic Park almost cut out one of the best characters in the movie. HG, you wrote this for, up for the site. What do we know? The best character of the movie, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Jeff Goldblum, who played Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park and several of its sequels, revealed that Ian Malcolm was almost written out of um, Jurassic Park. So his character was going to be merged with Sam Neill's character, Dr. Alan Grant. Uh, And he discovered this uh, before he, as he was in talks to uh, take on the role and as he was meeting with Steven Spielberg for the first time. Um, I'm not going to try to read what he said just as he said it because it's full sort of gold gold bloomisms. But um, he said that he met with Spielberg and he said... um, Spielberg was so nice, but he said, you know, there's a sort of movement afoot to have that part removed from the script. So since we've had this meeting, there's this little wrinkle that may render this moot. And Jeff Goldblum said, I kind of said, well, gee, I felt moved to advocate for my inclusion. So as you see, that did not happen. And Ian Malcolm stayed in the film and became the best part of the movie uh, and uh, the poster boy for every teenage girl <laughs> girl's bedroom. I mean, I can definitely see that from a screenwriting point of view. If you think about it, uh, Dr. Grant is very kind of cynical and negative, and Ian Malcolm is uh, uh, is also playing that role. It would be easy to merge those characters into one person, right? Um, yeah, I mean, technically, Ian Malcolm didn't really have much to do other than like stick his hips out and flirt with Laura Dern. So I guess you could have written him out, but... Jurassic Park did help sort of launch Jeff Goldblum into another sphere of stardom. And I don't think the movie would have done quite so well without him. Oh, for sure. Uh, Another story. Jacob Hall wrote this for the site uh, yesterday. And it is a rumor that Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, is uh, is planning a fourth Florida park. I think this is a little bit more more than a rumor because last year – uh, or actually, in 2015 and 2017, Universal acquired uh, a huge spot of land uh, close by to their Orlando parks. And, uh, you know, it's been rumored for some time that they're going to 
start a fourth park. But this new rumor claims that uh, th- this new park project is called Project 314, and they are hoping to get it finished by 2023 or 2024. And as the rumor states, uh, this new project would include Super Nintendo World, which is a land that they are building in uh, one of their parks overseas and uh, was rumored for some time to be coming to Super, I mean, to uh, Universal Orlando. Um, but the other parts of this rumor are kind of interesting that they might have a Lord of the Rings, uh, world. I don't even know what that would be. I guess maybe Hobbiton or like what, what could that be? Um, Chris, are are you big fans of the Lord of the Rings series? I am. I would really like to see either Hobbiton or Rivendell. That would be, Rivendell would be beautiful, but extremely hard to make as a sort of, as a theme park, I think. Chris, where would you like to visit in the Lord of the Rings universe? I don't know. I mean, I, I love those movies. I'm not, you know, into the books as much, but the movies are great. Um, and there is a lot of, I mean, there's so many different landscapes they travel to in those movies. You could pretty much turn any of them into a uh, a park. Although I don't know if I'd want to go to like the one with the, the spider. <laughs> that would probably be a bit much. But But other than that, yeah, you could do a, a lot with that. I feel like it has to be Hobbiton. I feel like you have to start out in Hobbiton, and then the ride brings you through the entire adventure. But uh, Warner Brothers has a, has had a deal with uh, Universal to to bring you know the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to their theme park. So it it doesn't feel uh, you know it doesn't feel like uh, like it's impossible for this rumor to be true. And obviously, uh, the Tolkien Estate has been suddenly more open to letting uh, other play uh, other people play in their sandbox. They announced that Lord of the Rings TV show uh, at Amazon. And the third part of this rumor, or actually, yeah, third part of this rumor is that they will build a third part of the Wizarding World. They will create the Ministry of Magic in this new park, uh, part of, uh, that we saw in um, Fantastic Beasts. Uh, now, you know, I'm I'm excited to go to Hogsmeade. I'm excited to go to Diagon Alley. I'm a little less excited to go to the Ministry of Magic. HT, I know you're a fan of the the, the series. Uh, would would you enjoy going to the Ministry? I mean. Not the first floor. There is actually a lot you could do with the Ministry of Magic, especially the Hall of Mysteries that they have that you that you um, go to in the fifth movie, um, Order, of the, Order of the Phoenix. So that would be a really cool sort of maze, labyrinth type uh, part of the theme park, I think. But yeah, Ministry of Magic is not the first thing I would think of when you go to visit a theme park about Harry Potter. Uh, it's very yeah, stuffy. No, it's very like... It is. It's very austere. Yeah, it's like uh, if they made a theme park and you went to the White House. Oh, well, I guess they have that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and the fourth part of this rumor is that they're going to create a land based on Jurassic World, which is very strange because Universal Islands of Adventure next door has a mini land based on a Jurassic Park. So I'm not sure how they would explain this. Does Universal even need to explain this? I don't know. Uh, if it was Disney, they would have to explain it. But Universal seems to be all over the place. And, and it does, doesn't seem to be like a connective theme between all of these because, you know, there's video games, there's uh, movies, there, you know, it's it just, um, I don't know. We'll have to see if this rumor comes true. I uh, I I will be there opening day if, 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 if they do open up a fourth park. Um, I am excited. Uh, HT, because you're a fan of 
of of Potter and Lord of the Rings. Uh, is this a park that you would actually pay to travel to? I would. I actually went to the Harry Potter land in uh, Universal Orlando when it first opened. And that was a lot of fun, even though they didn't have quite a lot of rides yet. Um, they only had one ride, actually. And they had like a small area of Hogsmeade that was sort of merged with Diagon Alley. I know they have more rides now, so I'm planning to go back at some point. But I would definitely be down to see more of just Harry Potter world and be completely enveloped in it. And Lord of the Rings, too. That would be amazing to do, especially since it's very expensive to just go over to New Zealand, which is where... <laughs> Middle Earth really is. So I would totally be down to go to a theme park that's a much cheaper version of that. And and it's also interesting because, like, much of Lord of the Rings is, like, based on uh, the filming locations in, uh, what, New Zealand? Yeah, Um, New Zealand. Like, see, that's why I think you'd either have to go with kind of, like, one of those climactic battle sequences or, like, Hobbiton. Like, something that, like, is very... Uh, world building esque, uh, like not just like a part of this world that exists somewhere, you know, in New Zealand. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what that turns out to be if it actually ends up happening. Uh, but let's move on to our next story, and that is a ru- another rumor that uh, Woody Harrelson might be playing Carnage in the Venom movie. Chris, what do we know? Uh, Yes, so uh, Woody Harrelson was announced a while ago as joining Venom. Um, At the time, when the story first broke, it said he was only playing a henchman. But uh, Bleeding Cool says they heard from an inside source that he's actually playing Carnage, um, who is, you know, yet another alien-infected character who I know primarily from the video game Maximum Carnage, which I used to play constantly as a child. Um, So (laughs) there's, you know, there's not really any confirmation on this rumor beyond what Bleeding Cool heard. Um, It's it's strange because, like I said, it really conflicts with that whole henchman thing. I, I also feel like if he were playing Carnage in a big, like, sort of major role like that, we'd have heard it by now. So my only guess is if he is playing this character, it's sort of something that happens at near, like, the end of the film to set up Venom 2 or something like that. But that's just, that's just my guess. Yeah, it's strange because Bleeding Cool usually has, uh, you know, their pulse on these kind of rumors. Uh, they, they have some sources in the comic book world. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, but let's move on to our final bit, and that is Avengers 4. The Russo brothers and uh, Thanos have asked fans and press not to spoil Avengers Infinity War. HD, tell us about it. Yeah, so um, the Russo brothers released a letter uh, imploring the fans of Avengers Infinity War to not spoil the movie when um, the early screenings of select footage is sort of screened throughout the world. So the Infinity War team is embarking on its worldwide press tour. And not only are they talking to journalists, but they're going to be showing select footage of the superhero ensemble to fans across the globe. And um, these early screenings will run the risk of Infinity War spoilers leaking. But the Russo brothers are hoping to sort of preempt that with this kind of cute letter talking to their fans and also um, showing with the glove of uh, with the infinity gauntlet from Thanos. So it's and it has like the hashtag Thanos demands your silence. So it's a it's a cute little stunt that they're doing really well with like the social media stunts for Infinity War these days and I think it's another good one to sort of try to keep at bay whatever spoilers might leak uh before the film's release April 27th. 
it, it should be mentioned that Disney is keeping, uh, you know, this mystery box kind of closed because the junket for Infinity War takes place the weekend, or at least domestically in, in Hollywood, takes place the weekend before the film's release in theaters on April 27th. And usually at these junkets, you usually will see the movie the day before the junket and then go to the junket and interview, you know, the cast and crew about what you have seen. Uh, now, the only movie that I can think of that has ever done that differently is the Star Wars films. They traditionally do not show the movie to press. The press go to the junket and interview the, the, the cast and crew based on just what they've seen in trailers and stuff, not actually having seen the movie. And, um, and you know, the, the re- all the interviews are based on that. Uh, the, 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 the problem with that is obviously you get no actual information and it's, it's, but it's Star Wars, so like, does Star Wars actually need press anyways? Does Avengers need press anyways? Um, the world premiere for Avengers is the Monday before a release in Hollywood somewhere. Um, and uh, press and a lot of fans. I, I, I hear this is going to be just as big of a world premiere as uh, they did with the Star Wars films, which they did, I think, in multiple theaters. So a lot of people are going to see this movie the Monday before release. That's, you know, what? five days, four days before the film hits theaters on like midnight on a Thursday night. So there is a big chance of you getting spoiled um, that week. Uh, Now I usually see movies ahead of time. You know, I get to see these press screenings. Chris, I know you see a lot of press screenings. HD, you see less. So Um, would you guys be upset if someone spoiled infinity war for you, you know, three days before the movie hit theaters? Uh, you guys know how I feel about spoilers. I don't think they're a huge deal. I think if someone was, you know, maliciously going about spreading spoilers, I would be very annoyed and uh, like angered by that person. But um, people do that. I, One of my friends got spoiled on last or on uh, Force Awakens in an Amazon wow. review for some product that was not Star Wars related. You know, huh. some troll was just posting, you know, spoilers in in oh, <laughs> in the reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I learned it a couple of days before, then I might, I probably wouldn't be angry. I might be a little annoyed, but it wouldn't stop me from seeing the movie. Chris, how about you? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent to spoilers in that I don't really get too upset about them. Um, I guess it would depend on how serious the spoiler is because, you know, I, I already know before even seeing this movie that certain characters will likely die. So if someone says so and so dies in this movie, I'm not going to be like, how shocking! Because I'm gonna be like, oh, I, I figured that was gonna happen. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, it wouldn't so much ruin the movie for me. But I also feel like it's a, it's a shitty thing to do. So I hope no one does it intentionally. But I'm sure they will. Yeah, no, I, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, uh, you can be assured our coverage on SlashFilm.com until the movie is released will be spoiler free or will at least have spoiler warnings. Uh, you can, uh, you know, come to us, shut yourself off from the the rest of the Internet, the wild, wild west of the Internet where people can just run out of the bushes and be like, uh <laughs> Dumbledore got killed by whatever, you know, whatever. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, here is your safe place. Uh, But let's get into one last bit of Avengers 4 uh, newsage. And that is uh, the Russo brothers are out doing press for this. And they have said that the title for Avengers 4, the movie that follows Avengers Infinity War, uh, should scare Marvel fans. Chris, what does this mean? 
it, I mean, it could mean literally anything you want it to mean. But yeah, someone on Twitter said, you know, uh, the fact that the Rooster Brothers won't give us the Avengers 4 title because it spoils Infinity War scares the shit out of me. And the Rooster Brothers replied with, it should. Um, it just seems to, you know, that the, the likely answer is this, you know, the title heavily implies how uh, screwed the Avengers are as a team. Um, you know, the four, the, the, the runner, the main title that se- people seem to be suggesting is Avengers Disassembled, since, you know, us, you know Avengers Assembled was the, the title in the UK of the first Avengers film. But, uh, you know, this is one of those things. And, that, can, and that's a title from the comic books as well. Right, right. So this is one of those things you could, uh, you know, you could feel free to speculate wildly what it means. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get the title almost immediately after, you know, Avengers Infinity War comes out. Probably like the the week after the weekend is when they're going to announce the title. That's my guess. Yeah. I I almost wonder if, you know, Avengers Infinity War will end with a trailer for or like a teaser trailer for whatever Avengers 4 is Um, in our Slack channel, our our Slash Film Slack channel. We uh, kind of theorized on what what this title could be. I suggested Avengers Shattered Heroes. Um, but we we got more and more ridiculous here. Some of these items which are in this post, which you can read on SlashFilm.com, I'll link it in the show notes, include uh, Avengers, Death of the Avengers, <laughs> Avengers, Iron Man Dies in this one, <laughs> Avengers, The End of the MCU, Avengers, Everyone's Dead, Avengers, Trump is Still President, Avengers, I Love the Smell of Thanos in the Morning, I'm not sure who came up with that one, uh, <laughs> but uh, yes. So you can read our full list uh, by uh, Ben Pearson wrote this uh, this article on SlashFilm.com, and uh, you can all obviously find links to all the articles we mentioned today uh, in the show notes and on SlashFilm.com. Chris, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I'm also I'm at SlashFilm.com, and I'm on Twitter at C Evangelista four thirteen. Ht, where can I find you? I'm also at SlashFilm.com, and I'm on Twitter at htranbuie. You can find me at Slash Home on Twitter. You can find me at SlashFilm.com, obviously. Slash Home Daily is published every weekday uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to Peter at SlashFilm.com. Please go rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.